Hey, you awesome folks. Thanks for taking this journey of discovery with your guide, Keith Haney. You're listening to the Becoming Bridge Builders podcast, your favorite podcast for everything from racial reconciliation to education innovation, justice reform, and leading change in the 21st century. This podcast is for people who love to be challenged with difficult topics, but want practical solutions to solve these challenging issues. Becoming Bridge Builders makes change possible. Each week on the podcast, Keith invites innovative thought leaders to share how they are building bridges in their area of expertise. You will hear breakthrough ideas and concepts that are changing the world. He's featuring guests who are best-selling authors, leaders at Microsoft, entrepreneurs, leading educators, professors, lawyers, and so many more. Listen in to learn how you can be the bridge to the change you are seeking. Today, we have a special guest today, Zach Landry. He's going to share with us his story. You kind of heard an intro here. His intro, his first album, Come Out, Come and Praise Him. And so we, want, we just want to sit and talk today about how God has blessed him and how God has used him to do some incredible things in ministry. So Zach comes from my hometown of Louisiana, although he's a little bit far down the road in New Orleans. But he had a gift of music, had a love of music at a very early age. He realized that God had given him a beautiful gift to be able to sit down and listen to music and then duplicate what he heard. So his family said, maybe you should take lessons and take this thing more seriously. And he took that and got to learn how to play piano and organ. At the age of 15, he was placed in classes. I learned to read music. Didn't take long for his family to realize that he'd been given a gift of music by God himself. Zach and his family uh, had been tried and tested as in 2005, Hurricane Katrina displaced Zach and his family. Times were hard, but his faith grew stronger. And at that time, he realized what the songwriter meant when he wrote, Because He Lives. Zach has had the pleasure of singing these songs with a group of friends called Faze. The group was created in 2008 when Zach was asked to lead praise and worship at his church. In October of 2015, Zach and Faze recorded an album, Come and Praise Him, which you heard in the opening, and you'll get some more on the end of our podcast as well. He has performed with various artists, including one of my favorite, Pastor Donnie McClurkin, who encouraged Zach, and I love this, to set a standard in music, be a trendsetter, not a follower. In 2015, Zach was a winner of the Rhythm and Gospel Best Contemporary Artist, and in 2016, he won the NOLA, which is New Orleans, um, Louisiana, Award for Best Contemporary Artist. So, Zach, welcome to the show. We are so thankful and blessed to have you beyond today. How you doing? Oh, man. Well, first of all, it's an honor. Thank you, Mr. Keith Haney. I definitely appreciate it. And I'm great. I'm on. Uh, I feel like a superstar right now. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. All of those great things. I haven't heard that bio in so long. So it's been, you know. I just feel on top of the world right now. You know, it's amazing when you hear your own bio. It's like, man, did God do all that through me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to I'm remind. I'm so busy working so long, so yeah. much in music, man. I, I forget about those things. But but it reminds us that God is the one doing all this. And so it's just like we just yeah. sit back and enjoy the ride. And so it's a blessing to kind of know that that God has used you in that way. So right, pleasure. So then we're going to talk about connecting with today's youth, but I want to kind of get a little bit of your story before we dig into some of those questions. So 
here's a question I always ask my audience. Give me the okay. best piece of advice you've ever received from somebody. It would be Donovan McCurkey. <laughs> and uh, he actually called me Mr. Lazy Man when we first met. And uh, I opened up for him. Actually, we did come on praise him uh, right uh, before he preached. He came to visit here in Laplace, Louisiana. I'm sure you're familiar with that city. Yep. And um, we sung before he preached. And then after that, during offering time, I just remember he tagged me on my shoulder. And I didn't know who it was. And then when I turned around, he had the mic literally right to me to say. So we, he wanted, and, and I think Donnie does this everywhere he goes now, but he tags people and kind of, you know, forces their their hand, if you, if, if you will, to kind of see what they can put, you know, how can they put their best foot forward when it comes to being on being on, in the spotlight at the la- you know, at the right at that spur of the moment. And uh, man, he called Mister Lazy Man because he asked me so many questions I couldn't answer at that time. And the best advice he given me, man, he just told me, you know, all those other things he did say. Um, he said, "Create your own platform. Create your own platform." You know, he said, "There is no way that little kids uh, younger than I." should still, you know, should know who he is. They should also start to know who we are. You know, we artists that are coming up in the world. Um, and he said, you know, y'all ought to be tired of that. It's time for you to get up and, you know, and, and create our own platform, in other words. He, he let me have it. <laughs> that's, that's good, though. You know, I, I think that's important because um, I'm a writer besides doing this podcast. And one thing I, I don't do a lot of is read other people's writings because I don't, wow. I don't want to be influenced by someone else's style Although there's there's great writing out there, but it's like it's so easy to get it in your head as an artist. You know this, and it's like you yes. get a beat in your head. You think it's yours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's not that's yours. So no, <laughs> I get that. You got to find your own voice. Then you can kind of expand and hear other people. But you want to make sure you establish who you are first. So that's that's good advice. Right. I wasn't around when Katrina hit. I was up north by that time, but I had some family members still down in New Orleans. So tell us about your Katrina experience. So it was just me at the time. I was getting ready to uh, move to another apartment, which was so funny. And I wasn't even living in New Orleans at the time. I was living outside of the city. And um, I decided that weekend I was just going to go by some friend's house and we were just going to you know, hang out for the weekend, not knowing that a major hurricane was going to come. Because during that time, remember, we wasn't even sure if the hurricane was coming or not. It was kind of like, a, you know, we didn't know. It was a 50-50 chance. So they told us the last day, I think, that we need to start it to, you know, get our stuff together and move and, uh, you know, to go out of town until the hurricane, you know, is over. Well, I got stuck. My, one of my friends lived downtown off of Canal Street. So I was stuck in that area and I was stuck there for about a week and a half. And uh, man, it was, I thought the world was over. I didn't know what to think. I was young at that time. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I just didn't know what to take of it and what to make of it. So I was just like, oh God, the world is over. It, this is it. I mean, just imagine it being in an area where the water is up here. Yeah. up to here you know and um i saw i saw a dead body for the first time um we when we got ready to transition to the superdome to get ready to get on the bus man it people were losing families that was really that was for real that was very true i was with my one of my best friends and we lost each other in the midst of the crowd and we stuck together that time but hours went by and people started going you know going crazy because it was a lot going on everybody wanted to leave and um it, man it was just a crazy experience it was it's just one of those times that, um, and that's why it was, the subject was so sensitive at that time, you know, um, about Katrina. A lot of people didn't want to talk about it because it was, it was just that hard. Yeah. If you've never lived it and never experienced it, you wouldn't know 
really what was going on. But that was a terrible time for me. But it, it actually was a blessing as well at the end because I wanted to move into Dallas, which how phase and everything else started and my music started from there. So it's, it's weird how God, you know, does things in your life. So out of tragedy, God made something, made a blessing. Oh yeah, man. It was a true blessing in disguise. Not even knowing I'm thinking, I didn't know what was about to happen. I didn't know where I was going, where I was headed to. We just had to get on the bus and it was going to ship us out. Yes. Yeah. I've lived through hurricanes. It's, nobody understands what it's like if you've not been in one before. Cause Right. It just comes at you in so many different ways. You got the wind, you got the rain, you got flooding, you got, yeah, right. it's just, it's just an unusual experience. All of that. Yeah. It's so funny because one of my friends told me today, uh, <laughs> he was like, you didn't tell me I had to build a, a Noah's Ark. <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to have an Ark. Now, if you live in the city, you need an Ark. You so. need an Ark. That's true. <laughs> One of the things I brought you on the show, because you, you, you mentioned that you love talking to young people. So what do you think are some of the greatest challenges our young people are facing today? Uh, social media, man. Yeah. Social media is the most, you know, when we were growing, when I was growing up, social media wasn't around. Uh, you know, we, it was outside play, you know, so now social media is like this big, huge thing. It's a blessing and a curse to young people. And I always say that if there was, you know, we're in a pandemic now, but if there was, if there was a pandemic through technology, Oh my gosh, man. A lot of young people suffer because that's all they know. That's all they got to hang on to. Correct. Uh, but I think social media is like the biggest challenge because there is a lot of kids. I taught theater for two years and in the midst of me teaching theater at, at a charter school, I was um, also, you know, doing basics of stuff. Like I would go around being a cool teacher, running around doing like little small trivias, like, Hey, what's the capital of our, uh, of our state? Things of that nature. And you would be surprised, man, of how many people don't know those things or can't even write fluently because they're always on social media. So right. I feel like that's just a big, big challenge. Yeah, you know, the hard part of it is I always said if they had social media when I was a kid, all the things I did would be on social media. And you right. can't you can't you can't escape those things. You know, every mistake, right. every bad comment, every time you're angry, if that just pops up five, ten years later, it's like you're your whole life is just there exposed yeah. and people are judging you based on stuff you did 10 years ago or two yeah, years man. ago. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of kids now that I, even in the, at the time when I was teaching, there were a lot of kids, you know, committing suicide, man, because of what social media has presented or maybe because of what somebody else has said about them or said to them. It, it's just, it's, just, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But you know, a good thing about social media too is you can be you can be in France one day and back in your own state the next two hours later. So because that's true, nobody tells the truth <laughs> on social media. <laughs> it's a it's a bad side and a good side to it. You know, it's yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it is. So if you could give our young people a piece of advice, uh, especially but when it comes to overcoming obstacles, what would you tell them? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now a word from one of our sponsors, For Freedom Mobile. If you're using AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, then you're being tracked. Mobile providers collect your location, communications, internet, internet activity, even your financial transaction. They sell that data to anyone willing to pay for it and provide it to the government without a warrant. Switch to For Freedom Mobile, and you won't ever have to worry about big tech or big brother tracking you through your mobile phone again. For Freedom Mobile provides secure, unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data for just $29.99 a month, and it includes free internet roaming in over 200 countries. Sign up for the service by visiting forfreedommobile.com and using the promo code 
Bridge Builders to get your first month for only $9.99. See forfreedommobile.com for details, just like the number four, freedommobile.com. I would mainly say to the young people, man, to stay focused. Don't let no one, I don't care who it is, don't let no one tell you what you cannot achieve or cannot reach or what goal you can't reach or what you can't do. I, I, I can't stress that enough. I tell young people all the time, man, you can do, you have, you have more opportunities than I ever had when I was a kid. You know, now that social media is such a big thing, you have so many opportunities to make it in this world. You can be anything you want to be. So you can't, don't let no one tell you, even your best, I don't care who it is, to tell you what you cannot achieve or cannot do. Yeah, because I think we get limited sometimes by other people's impressions of us. And right. our, our identity is so much bigger than I had a guest one time say, you know, that I'm not going to let you limit what God has in mind for me. And I thought that was a cool way to kind of remind us that our understanding of who God has made us to be and other people's understanding of who God has made yes. us to be is always smaller than God's impression of us. So tell us about your journey to gospel music. Oh, man, we can talk all day about this. <laughs> <laughs> But my journey to gospel music, man, it's it started off, um, as it did say in my Bible, start, bio, it started off as I was just doing praise and worship when I moved to Dallas. And uh, when MySpace was popular, um, this guy uh, hit me up and asked me what I'd like to lead praise and worship at a conference. It was like a three-night conference. And um, shout out to uh, to Evan uh, Richard, I think that's his name. If I'm not, I think that's his last name. Uh, and... He asked me to leave praise and worship at this big conference. Never met the guy. He never met me. He just kind of heard me singing and playing and things of that nature. So I originally came in there to play for and to, you know, sing a couple of songs. And I was already a leader, but they kind of switched around and made me the leader. And then I wound up just putting singers together. Ever since then, I think that was 2007 or eight or something like that. Ever since then, man, I was like, hey, man, why don't we just turn it into, you know, turn it into a group? And then I created Phase from there. And then I was just writing in doing all those things. And um, at the time, in those early years, I wasn't even thinking about being an artist. I didn't really take artistry seriously until like 2014, 2015, when I knew I really wanted to record something. At that time, I was just playing around and we were just singing. And so, uh, ever since then, and the rest is history from there. So for those who, who maybe think about getting into music, what do you got to be aware of? What are some of the pitfalls of, of, of trying you know, to record? Um, Man, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm a little different when, because, you know, you have one side of the world when it comes to uh, the recording, the industry world, the industry, gospel industry world. They're saying that, you know, there are certain things you, need, you should abide by and do in order to make it as a successful artist. But I'm kind of, my thing is, if God has given you a gift to do so and he's telling you that's what you should do, then go ahead and do it. Nothing else really matters at the end of the day. Um, I feel like if you're going to go into the industry, know what you're getting yourself into, still believe in yourself. Don't feel like you have to do what other people are telling you to do in order to make it a successful artist, because a lot of people have proved those statistics wrong in the past. Even just recently, a lot of people have proved that wrong. That's why a lot of people are independent now. So I feel like if you're going to go in, especially if you're going to go in as an independent artist, just know that everything you present, it represents your name. And if you feel that uh, you can do it without having to have the extra help from a label or anything of that nature, go for it. The sky's the limit. Go for it. Just learn and do your research about the business and know what you're getting yourself into at the end of the day. So that way you won't have no feelings hurt. You won't, you know, none of that will be going. You'll, you'll be ready and prepared. 
I've listened to a lot of gospel music, and I'm sure that industry, like most of them, are just flooded with artists. So, oh yeah, how do you how do you distinguish yourself? Oh man, I just I just stay I just be me. You know, uh, I think right now in our gospel industry, uh, what's going on right now is the is the battle with with these genres. The genres is a constant battle. There are some people saying we got to stay within our roots, and my question to that is, what is our roots? What is our actual roots? Uh, you know, people think that roots is still hymns and, you know, traditional gospel. My thing is times change. Seasons change. So that means things have to change according to that. Um, you know, there's people doing CCM. There's people doing traditional. There's people doing, you know, choirs are still getting their, uh, their extra, you know, popularity with steel because it's all about the choir music still. I feel like I want to be myself. Uh, James Fortune has proved it. Uh, Kurt Franklin has definitely proved it over time when he came, when he did stomp. With God's property, I mean, barriers can be broken. They still, and they're still out there to be broken. And be, you know, and there are still statements to be made. It's not about one genre. It's not about a hymn because I can do that on Sunday mornings. Right. Uh, it's about being an artist and being who God has gifted you to be. As you describe your style of music, how would you describe it? Ooh, I want to say eclectic, but I'm going to say gospel. There's some. There's different other genres that's involved where I get my ideas from, because I don't listen to all gospel music when I'm writing songs, uh, because I listen to music, the music per se. Uh, so I would say a little bit Neil Soul, a little bit R&B, a little bit jazz. Uh, I miss a little bit of everything in there. I try to add a little rock in there. you know. And when I'm writing songs sometimes, I don't even think about how I'm going to put it together. I just go with what's, what's in my head at that moment. We're going to hear some of your music a little later. As a writer, I know for me, I, ha- I have to wait till an idea comes. And unfortunately, God gives me ideas like 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh my god me too you're not by yourself so i want to go back to bed but god's like no you gotta get up and do this now i'm like can this wait for like just three more hours god <laughs> <laughs> right exactly it's weird man i get either get lyrics first sometimes or sometimes i get the beat or sometimes i get the music it just depends right that's that's the interesting thing i, I was i love writing i love making my own kind of music i'm, I'm a you know garage band but <laughs> not to say things but you're doing <laughs> Because that loop could only go around so many times. But so when you're working with a group, do, do you have writers and does your whole group write? Or is this like a, are you, is well, it like one writer the for the group? the group? I haven't had the group and um, I I kind of let the group thing go. So it's just me now. Okay. And it's been a few years. So I, it's always been me, right? It's always been me. I've had influences um, over the years, but it's always just been me writing. Now, come on, praise him. I didn't write that particular song, but I rearranged it. Um, shout out to Tiffany Redwine. She wrote the song. She's from out of Fort Worth, Texas. So I can't take credit for writing that. But um, all my other songs I have written has just been me writing. So when's your next one coming out? Do you have one out there? I out now. Yes, I have Hold On. All right. Um, so it's one of my biggest, my biggest songs yet. Uh, I I feel to believe, and it's gonna it's gonna go big. I think it's gonna it's gonna be big, big, big time. And um, it's coming out on the twelfth. You can pre order now. Cool, but the song releases on the twelfth of March. So, so give us a little bit of, about what that song is about. Where did it come from? What what inspired you to write that one? So, hold on was actually a worship song. It's a, it's now it's more of a vibe. It's remixed now. It was more of a worship song. It was called in response. I didn't have any verses on it or nothing. It was just simple chorus and a vamp. That was it. And uh, God gave me the you know just the He kind of put it in me to go ahead and remix it, add a vibe to it. And I wrote two verses to it. Now it's all different now. It's it's banging. But the biggest thing about it is 
I don't really call it a gospel song. I call it an inspirational song because anybody can relate to it. I've let a few people hear it. Um, and people that don't even go to church actually say, man, I can, I can see myself playing this in the car. You know, when you hear things like that, especially from people that really don't really go to church or anything, that kind of makes you feel good as an artist because that makes you, that lets you know you're doing something. You're reaching, you're reaching people. So um, this song here is a, it's a big message. It does have a lot to do with my personal testimony, uh, with the verses. And when you, when you hear the verses, it's really coming from my personal testimony. But it's also um, related to everyone else that's kind of going through those things that I went through or still. Cool. Looking forward to that. So tell us how I can, can, we can find that when it comes out. You can find Hold On on any digital platform. You can pre-order it right now through iTunes. But once it comes out on the 12th, you can get it from Spotify, any digital platform out there is available. So tell us about that. I know this is the whole digital thing has really changed the entire recording industry market, I'm assuming. Right. Cause you don't go buy right. you don't go to a music store and buy a CD anymore, or back no. in back in my day an album. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how that how that new medium is impacting you know artists today. Is it make is oh, it easier man. for it's, you guys or harder? It's no, I think it's it depends on it depends on you and how much you're willing to put into your advertising the advertising and promotion. If you're willing to put because it's you know advertising promotion costs more than your record financially. So if you're willing to put the work into that, the sky's the limit. I think ever since everything has changed and went digital, um, it's like, it's a goldmine for a lot. That's why you see a lot of people are making it uh, big. Even with songs, you'd be like, what is that? But it's working because it's, you know, they're putting a lot of time into advertising it through digital platforms. I think it really, it it can make or break you, but it's up to you. Anything I had to ask, I should ask you. Um, uh, that's about it. Just know that uh, Hold On is coming out March 12th. You can pre-order now. And I have a video oh. with Hold On as well. It's coming All right. Out. Yes. Tell us about Also, the... I have a new website. We're T- supposed to be doing our website launch real soon. So I have a new website as well that's coming out as well. So be on the lookout for that. So tell us about the, the video. Oh, man. <laughs> so this video, first of all, I'm dancing. So people <laughs> want to get to see Zach Landry dance for the first time. Really? So that's really, really cool. And um, there's a little bit, I said it's a little bit controversy, but people have to think, people will see it. It's 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 not a bad controversy. It's one of those controversial things where you you really don't see in gospel videos. So but it, it's a message. Is it is your dancing better than Drake? That's why I have a question. <laughs> better than Drake? Probably, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Well, I th- tried. That was my first time. And they, man, shout out to the dancers, man. They worked me really hard because we did it in like three days when we did the dancing choreography. And it's it just, I'm excited about it. I was like, man, I'm dancing. I actually look good on the video doing that. <laughs> but it's the video, it's I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's, it's got it has some comedy in it. It has some um some it has a message, it has a story in it, and um it's a little bit controversial, but I'm telling you, it people gonna relate to this because it's nothing you've never seen. In any gospel video, and how I know because I look, I, I, I did my research. All right, so. cool. <laughs> well, looking forward to it. I have to, I have to come have you back on once the hit, once the video hits, so we can please do. We can have, we can highlight I the video. Call me after they see the video, they're gonna want to So it'll be like the follow up, the post video interview. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, you should do that. So again, tell my people I can find you on social media and so more you about your album. First of all, my- 
My first, uh, my brand is I am a sound. I am a sound. You can find me under Zach Landry, Z A C K Landry, on uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me on those, or you can pull pull up I am a sound and make sure you follow me. Also, I have a YouTube channel under my name, Zach Landry, or I am a sound. Either or. All right. Well, I'm gonna put that link into into the podcast, and I want to kind of run us out with you singing from your first one for us again. Thank you once again. Yes, sir. Come on, praise him. Thanks for listening to Becoming Bridge Builder. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the podcast, please subscribe and share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at bkeithhaney and on Getter and Twitter at RevHeadpin or on his website at alightbreaksthrough.org. Thanks again and tune in next time.